You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Sid Talk. Yes. Um, this week, it was EastEnders' 30th anniversary. Now, what, True. what is EastEnders? So, for Americans who have no idea what we're talking about, there's a lot of British listeners who will know, but it's a British soap opera. It is, but a soap opera is not. They're the same. They're just they're exactly the same. It's just different style. You're gonna say it's different from American, but they're not different. I think they're more of a drama than a soap no, opera. They're the same. When I watched a little bit of an American one the other day, it's the same. It's just that EastEnders. I don't know about Coronation Street. That's another British one. They're just a different. Um, it's a little more gritty, it's not glossy, but I mean, the stories are the same. Illegitimate babies, murders, um, one family's in charge of the whole area, but then they fall, and they have criminals, masterminds, and they have the nice guy who gets trampled on. So they're the same, but... But the one that we watched... (laughs) I've watched for, I would say out of the 30 years, I probably watched it for 22 of the years. Like... And there's been times where I didn't see it, but then saw it on and off during my life. But I've seen most, most, you know, things that And why do you say 30 years? You're not 30. No. Because this week was their... 30th anniversary. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, And a television program doesn't generally, you know, not... It's a few and far between programs that last that amount of time. And this is a show that's on four times a week. And it's 30 years old. And what they did for the 30th anniversary is they had a live week. And what did you think of it? I mean, it's good. It's like it always is. They had a big mystery to solve. So we were going to get the ending to that story. But I'm not as, like, googly-eyed as you are about the whole live thing. Because while it's a production nightmare for the whole show... Yeah. It's their job. Let, let's yeah. explain it. It's normally re- pre-recorded. It's months, like every show. Months in advance, yeah. Yeah, they record it and then they show them. And then this week they did elements, uh, segments that are live. So they're performing and they don't get another chance. So they're just doing it like they're on a stage in a play. There was is, one mistake which is their that we job. saw. And I just told you, I understand it. They're fine. They're great. But their performances weren't any different or better. They were just the same. And it was more intense because of the subject matter. I mean, we're solving a horrible murder. Well, a death. So we're all kind of primed up for that. Yeah, basically, they, they somebody died. A long time ago, last Easter. 360 days ago. And then they ran the whole... 360 days. It was Easter weekend. It said um, on the Twitter feed, which is possibly wrong, an infographic thing, it said uh, it's been 360 days since... It was Good Friday. So, Uh, I don't know when Good Friday... I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying I'm trying to figure out when Good Friday was. Because isn't Easter, like, March, April? Yeah, April. Right. Well, this is only February. Hmm. So. Yeah, uh, well, whatever. Um, It it was... 330-something days then. Um, Yeah, they did get it wrong. So they ran a storyline that lasted that long, and that's rare too in anything, really, that they keep a storyline going that long. Usually resolve them pretty quickly, don't they? Um, But there was one mistake during the... um, One that we know of. Yeah, which was fun. I thought because one of the actresses who was coming, who's not been in it for a long for a long time, came back and she addressed one of the characters as his actor real real life name instead of the name of the character, which was kind of funny. Yeah. But, it, but it was so quick it, you could sweep it under the rug, couldn't you? But it's always there in the um, when you go back and watch EastEnders reruns. There's <laughs> always a mistake now, but um, yeah, if you um, watch EastEnders, you probably know what happened. I don't want to spoil it in case no. you didn't watch it yet. But um, if you're American, you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so it is Saturday, February the 21st. This is after the show number 364. And this is a movie review podcast. We don't review TV shows. Sometimes we do, but we mostly review movies. And this week we're, re- we're reviewing on Oscar weekend. 
an Oscar-nominated movie, which is Big Hero 6 by Disney. It's a 2014 movie. It's released on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday, just after the Oscars, because that's usually when all those movies start to come out. It's rated PG. It's from our friends at Disney. And Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Big Hero 6. It is a story about a boy having to cope with uh, dead people in his family, <laughs> which is really rare for Disney, when you think no. about it. Really rare. Oh, no. Exa- it's in every movie. So it's him coping with the death of some family members, and there is a big fluffy robot involved and a bad guy. We're never really sure what the... Well, we know part of the motivation for the bad guy. But when you think about it, after that, then what? You know? But um, there's a bad guy. There's lots of action. It's an origin story of this group of superheroes as well that he yeah. connects with. And it, you know... And it's... it's kind of a standard story, but with a lot of fun things mixed in there. Yeah, so um, Big Hero 6. Now, I like Disney's... Um you know, animated movies. And, I, you know, there used to be Disney and who did, you know, 2D animation stuff and then Pixar did all the 3D stuff. And then eventually Disney caught up and started doing their own, without Pixar, um, 3D animation. And this is a 3D animation in, this, you know, in Pixar's kind of what they pioneered, that kind of look. Um, and this is the first collaboration that Disney have done with Marvel because now they own Marvel. And it's um When you say collaboration, what do you mean? Like they've took a Marvel property and it's not this isn't a, an original idea, it's based on a Marvel comic. A little known Marvel comic, to be honest. I had a look at it on Wikipedia. It's not one that was a particular success or it was just a you know, underground ish kind of like they did didn't you know, it's not Iron Man or whatever, but and I'd never heard of Big Hero Six. Had you? No, no. Would you have known it was a Marvel pro? In fact, Marvel isn't even on anywhere, I noticed. There was no Marvel logo mm-hmm. at the beginning. There's no Marvel branding anywhere in this movie, aside from yeah. the obvious. Um, so, I didn't know what to expect going into this. I'd seen like one trailer, and it was uh, like a week ago, or two weeks ago, when I said, oh, we're going to be reviewing this. And it was on uh, Alexander and the Horrible Day. As that was the first I'd really seen. Um... So, going into this, it looked funny on the trailer, um, and it's said by the makers of Wreck-It Ralph and Frozen, uh, and it kind of reminded me of Wreck-It Ralph in a way, and I really loved Wreck-It Ralph. It, it's got that kind of heart to it, like the, I know it's about superheroes rather than video game characters, but it's got that, all, they all have, haven't they, the message of family. It's usually family or you know, your friends are the most important thing, or, you know. And this has that message, but I really thought the visuals in this, I think the line's been blurred now between, oh, when everybody goes, oh no, Pixar are just the pioneers of this thing. They're not anymore, I don't think. Because if you wouldn't have told me, if you just said this is a Pixar film, I'd have have said okay. Or if you just said this is a Disney film, I'd have said okay too. the, The line's gone now. Isn't that because a lot of the people who were for Pixar just work on it? Because they're at Disney now? I don't know. I think Pixar are still their own thing. But yeah, John Lasseter's name was all over this, I noticed. But it yeah, was producer a, and stuff. Yeah. He wasn't animating or anything. But that means his team is going to come along with him, probably. But, you know, Disney have been doing amazing computer animation from Tangled and um, Frozen and this and Wreck-It Ralph. I think theirs stands up. And this story I really, really liked. I kind of liked how... It's it's across the the world that it takes place in is a cross between San Francisco and Tokyo, and I really love that collaboration of like it just looked amazing the city like it did the, yeah and the animation was like surrounding the city like the main character comes up with this invention and what this invention is I won't spoil but <laughs> the way it looks on screen it looks like I was like wow technically that is a difficult thing right because it's millions of things to animate at once like and, and yeah. it's like a they must have had to build something to do it like but um i really love that I, I like i love the idea of like encouraging kids and it is a bit heavy-handed with the like people are dead and mm-hmm. kids have to deal with a it. little bit too much in this one it's like oh these are dead and i mean 
he lives with his auntie because the the parents are dead. And then there's more death. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a lot of death in this one. And I was like, okay, you know, Pixar did that with Up. Uh, obviously, Bambi did it years and years and years ago. You can list them all. It's all Disney movies. There's Lion King dead... did it. I don't oh, think Aladdin did it, did it? Uh, there's, there's certain ones. How do you think he became an orphan? Uh, true. <laughs> I mean... Every Disney movie, you can go through them all. There's a dead This one seemed a little bit heavy-handed on the dead front. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying it... And you need to give the characters a reason to be, you know... And it's interesting in this one that his little his friend, Baymax, who is like a... You'll see him on the cover of the box. He's a medical droid? Would you call him a droid? What is he? Robot? An He's a robot. Yeah. Well, I guess a droid is a robot, but... Um, well, I mean, he's a robot, because that's, like, the whole thing. He built a robot who can be, like, a nurse. Yeah. And, obviously, the, the death of the... You know, the the <laughs> mood of the teenager is played upon by the robot. The robot, you know, is always quizzing why, you know... Yeah. Why are you like that? What are you doing? You need some cheering up, you know. But, uh, yeah, the only thing I had wrong with it was that. I think... I feel like the heavy it was heavy-handed, the... Um, Death bit. I don't think we always need, like, death bits and, and, like, depressing things in things like this. I don't think it always needs to be like that. But um, when I always see the animators talking and stuff, it seems like they're, they're in the mind of, yeah, we do need that. We need to show kids that it's... To cope with life. Yeah. But no, I think sometimes kids just want to sit down and watch some fun thing that's completely imagination and nothing to do with, oh, I need to... Like, I'm sitting down to watch Big Hero 6. I want to forget about that my mum died last year and all that. I just want to have fun and live with these characters. Not be reminded of it all the time. Like, it's there good aren't enough. Any, uh, that's what I'm saying. So, somebody needs to just go, hey, let's just be lighthearted and we need a, an escape for a kid. We need a kid to just sit down, <laughs> not think about death. Because <laughs> you get, you sit down and watch Up or any of these ones we've just mentioned, and there's a, there's a sadness to it, isn't there? Even Frozen, like, uh, I mean, Frozen has some sad parts to it, too. Well, yeah, it's dead parents again. Yeah. So it's all the same thing. All dead parents. Lots of dead parents and dead mothers. But, you know, this had... I couldn't help but thinking about The Incredibles, which is also a brilliant Pixar. That one doesn't have. No, that one's pretty much just fun, right? Is it Disney? No, Pixar. Pixar. Yeah. But Pixar... The a bug's life did that have any? I don't remember being sad watching a bug's life. No, it just being, didn't either. Yeah, no. No, I mean Toy Story is really sad. All of it. But there's no dead parents. No, but there's a sadness overall, especially that third one. And I really liked it in Toy Story. I thought it worked really well. About like that's about, more like about the loss life. of childhood, almost like like. You, but that's normal life for everybody. Not everybody has a dead parent or a dead sibling or, you know what I mean. That, 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 you're right, there are a couple, a few, mm. that necessarily involve death, but deal with, like, moving on with life. But aside from this, having a bit of, a little bit of a depressing part that you, you know, you might have some crying kids. <laughs> um, you know what, I don't think kids cry at that. I think adults do more than kids do. Mm. Way more. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. most kids, like you say, haven't dealt with that and don't know how to They're just like, oh. Mm. <laughs> then they go on, you know. Yeah. Now this has some this has cool action sequences. I liked the whole adventure, you know, and that's where I say it reminded me of Wreck It Ralph. It's like a big adventure. And like you say, it's an origin story of a team of superheroes. They're all unique in their own way. They're really fun. I like the design of the superheroes. My favourite was um Go Go. Um she reminded me of something from Tron, you know. It, yeah. She kind of had roller skates that were kind of magnetic, like a not even roller skates, like roller blades almost, but it no, was very No, it was trauma. like a bike, but then she took the wheels and on stuck them on her feet. Yeah. yeah, but it was it was Tron-esque to me, you know, and anything Tron I love. Um, so uh, what did you think overall? I laughed a lot. That was really fun, because there's a lot of little tiny details that the way they move or little expressions here and there, and it is a visual thing. It's animation, so you'd, you kind of think, well, they're probably economical with their animation, like but they're not at all. Every little tiny, you know, eye movement or hand movement or little gestures, it's all kind of reminds you of a funny moment. Like the hesitation of the robot because he's 
very utilitarian, you know, like when he's trying to get something out of his way, when he's walking and like just yeah, looks at he's, it. He's actually and funny just around, by design, right? And then looks at it again and then does a very sort of harmless, non-invasive way of getting through the world, you know? And I was thinking, I thought that was really cute. And the friends are really fun, really funny. They're not terror. They're slightly stereotyped, but not horribly like you would find a lot of ensemble groups of people, you know? You don't know, you can't say distinctively on each one of those that they are that person. There's like the chemistry young lady, and then there's like the hard kind of young lady, and then there's a dude who's a little bit, he likes everything to be super organized, but they're not overwhelmingly stereotyped. Like when you think of the Transformers, the big ones that are like the guy with the cigar and the samurai guy, they're just overly, obnoxiously yeah, it's Paper a similar type outs. of vein to that, though. I mean, it's, but way better, way yeah. way better, because it's toned down a lot to me. Yeah, um, and it, I cried, of course, about three different times. So I got the sadness and sort of like the overwhelming sense of, you know, life is hard sometimes to cope with, and so that got to me a few times. I think but, the I think the animation itself in this movie, though, is really like a technical achievement, like because I actually forgot I was watching a CG kind of thing. Like, I was just... It it just melted away after a while. And I was just like, this is just an adventure with these characters. You know, it's all... It doesn't feel like I'm watching a cartoon, which is what essentially it is, right? True. Like, it it just felt... um, Just... I don't know. It's weird. Like, some of them, I'm watching them, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is... The animation, you know, and the animation in this, like the Lego movie, I thought the animation was really interesting because it was kind of jiggity and, and kind of jerky and higgledy-piggledy in the Lego movie, and it really suited it just well, you know? Like, the frame rate was really weird, like, it, it, but it was, it was supposed to be like that. It was cool. But in this one, it's so smooth and everything, and, like, it, it technically, one of the things I was looking at technically was the bad guy's coat and I was oh, like, yeah, really I was good. like, and it was just a coat, like a, just a, a raincoat type jacket, long. And it, it was, the material was acting that like material really does act. It wasn't weird looking or anything. I was like, wow, we've just come to the point now where all these things, we've seen the evolution of these type of movies. We got to Tangled and they're like, hey, we can do hair now and look at this hair that we've done. And and they kind of bragged about each thing. Oh, we can do snow now. Look at Frozen. Or we can do this. And these are all a challenge. And now I think we got to the point where they've done all the things. And oh, I disagree. I think there's loads of still visual programs for all the different. Like they came up with the lighting thing they were talking about. That that changed the whole lighting for whole scenes. So that was a big thing. Where I don't know how they did it before, but something happened now where it's more realistic. Makes it more yeah, like you're. In the world and not just looking at a Flat. fake 3D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that does. There's no, they built um, a rendering engine for lighting specifically for this movie. And there's a scene where our well hero is flying on Baymax, using him as like a, a glider, and they're in the sky. And it's overlooking the whole city, and that just looks like when they're looking down. I was like, is have they just? took some stock footage and, like... It's not quite that realistic. It's really good, like, the lighting, because it's like the um, golden hour, the sun's going down. It's just... You can definitely... That's the technological showcase for that lighting that they're talking about. Um, But, yeah, I think we've come to a point where things like cloth and hair, they're all... And I like this stylized look for the humans in in this. Oh, yeah. It's very like other movies. I mean... We've got a specific thing now, aren't we, Disney? They've gone like, well, humans in CG things look like this. You know, they're kind of cute looking. They've got kind of button noses there. And this follows that exactly. So let's move on to the cast here. Um, now, obviously, this is an animated movie, so it's a bunch of voices. There are no humans in this movie. Um, do you know these people? Because I do not. Like, Baymax is played by Scott Adsit. We saw him in the... He's been on 30 Rock a lot. Oh, yeah, see, I don't know who the people are. Um, Ryan Potter plays Hero, and he's a... I really liked him. I, I think he's a good... You know, if you're a kid who's, like, into, like, technical tech kind are you of talking stuff? about the character or the voice guy now? Both I'm talking about, yeah. Right. What's he got to do with the technical prowess of the character? Because he instilled it into it. Like, it, like I... 
bought that kid completely and that it's all based on that performance based on the animation and the audio right yeah i guess the voice doesn't tell me anything about the character's abilities but he was very enthusiastic yeah i just thought he was a good role model for kids like you know and i'm all for kids who are into like being to computers and learn yeah yeah and learn you know i'm going with both um because it's a animated thing and there's not a lot to talk about is that you can't you can't see that person all you know is the voice right in fact i don't know who half the people are Mm -hmm. so jamie chung plays gogo now you'll know jamie chung from sucker punch and she's also from the first sin city movie but they replaced her with somebody else in the second one um but she she's my favorite character it's not because it's jamie chung but she's my favorite which is your favorite of these i think i like honey lemon yeah, she's like Genesis the um, kind of... But the thing is, they're all very interchangeable. They don't have to be these people doing the voice. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, So they don't really... I'm not trying to be rude, but they don't really bring a lot other than they're very enthusiastic. Each one of them brings a very... Like, you can tell when they're doing that you can actually feel them sort of acting out bits of pieces. You know, you can hear that they're not just standing there reading off a card. So I appreciate that. We didn't even put the um, the bad guy. No, I didn't. <laughs> Because I wrote that down before we watched the movie. So I didn't know who was who. I just knew the big hero six were those six people. Right. Um, And the other people are Genesis Rodriguez, who we've... What was that movie we saw? What? Tusk. Yeah, but what was the other one we saw where she was in like a cat suit and she had to break into a place and she... Jane Jane Tyler Bob? No. It was like a oh, it was like a, a action movie that we kind of liked. Oh, Man on a Ledge it was. Man on a Ledge. Correct. She was in that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and I and she's also in Tusk, which I disliked. <laughs> uh TJ Miller pays Fred. He's like the comic relief in the bunch. And TJ Miller was also in Transformers 4, if you remember him. He's a comedian guy. Who which one was he? TJ oh, Miller. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plays Fred. Yeah, very briefly. Yeah, and Fred is like a cool character in uh, this, though. I really liked Fred. I liked his, when they become superheroes, his outfit is just hilarious because it's just like... Not superhero-y. No, and it's... like a cuddly toy. Yeah, and it's just... And you forgot James Cromwell was one of the best anonymous famous people, and some people will not... See, you don't think you know who he is, but it's James Cromwell. He's been in loads of things. I think he was in Logan's Run, wasn't he? I don't know. I don't know about that one. (laughs) But I mean, he's the main, he's the guy who sort of, uh, he was the first contact guy from Star Trek, so he was the guy who invented a lot of the early stuff in the mythos of, I mean, as a character. So he got kind of bushy eyebrows. Mm, I mean, this is him. You'll know him as soon as you see a picture of him. Can't James see Cromwell. And his iRobot. He was the guy from yeah. iRobot, the scientist right. guy who falls out the window. So. Um, and he's the bad guy, yeah. His, obviously. his voice is very distinctive. Uh, and then Mayor Rudolph. Uh, plays Cass, who's the anti of Hero. And I really liked her. I wanted more of her, but she wasn't in it nearly enough. Like, I, I would have liked her to have been involved more with the... But she's just the really the... Um, Do you ad- say she's the anti-hero? No, the anti. She's his anti. Anti of Hero, right? <laughs> I said she's the anti-hero. Hero's anti. Yeah. Um, hero is the main character. Yeah. Uh, and she is his anti. Yes, is and and she's not really involved that much. She is in a little bit pieces, but she's really like in any superhero story, the adult who's kind of in the way a little bit. If you're trying to do your superhero stuff, you don't want the adult keep harassing. Yeah, like that, exactly like that. Uh, and uh, I want to, uh, Stanley also makes a um, cameo, <laughs> which is normal in any Marvel thing. Uh, and it's quite good. He's, I, I like Yeah, it's I, I better like than it. most. And stick around after the credits because there is a little yeah. extra thing on the end, which I think is well Plus worth sticking around. Plus the credits are fun to watch. There's lots of animation in there. Yeah, and it's a thing that's well worth sticking around for, though. I, I, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, I'll wait till the end of the credits, and then there's just like one, like somebody looks at the camera, and you're like, really? Is that it? This one was actually a good payoff for waiting around. So uh, extras. Oh, no. This is actually directed by two people. Don Hall... And Chris Williams. And they they directed Princess and the Frog for Disney. And Bolt. And I think Bolt is a really good one. And that was right at the beginning of Disney Studios actually making CG movies. The first one they Bolt did. Bolt was really good. Yeah. 
So um, yeah, two good, and I think this is well done. Real, this is as good as a Pixar movie for me. It's not. You can't just look. You, can, you don't look at it and go, "Oh no, it's just like second fiddle to a to a Pixar movie." No, if you'd have said this was Pixar, I would have believed you. It's that good. So, um, Blu-ray extras. There are a few, and uh, the first being a theatrical shot that goes along with these. It used to only go along with Pixar movies, but now it goes along. That's with... That's what I'm saying. I, I have a suspicion that there's no real separation here. If you are on staff for Pixar. And then you're gobbled up by Disney. And you are like the most fantastic group of animators in your group to animate hair. Then the Disney, you work for Disney now. So they're going to say, hey, we have a new project. You all are on this project. I actually wonder who, if, if any of these people are involved in Star Wars Rebels. Because that is also CG animated. Uh, and obviously from Disney, you know. They're going to have a new, an extra animation team for every new project. And Star Wars Rebels is quite clearly mm-hmm. this style of Very similar. animation and look. Um, so the theatrical show that comes along with this is called Feast. What did you think of Feast? It was really fun. I thought it was uh, one of my favorite of all the short films we've seen from Pixar or anybody. Um, what, why this is, I thought was really cool is because it, it works on these two, la- two levels. It's about this dog, just a pet dog, and it shows you him eating foods. But in the background of the whole thing is a relationship between this man and woman just playing out. And how it affects the food the dog gets. How it affects what the food the dog gets. And I thought that was really clever. Because it, it started to... At first you're like, okay, it's a dog. He's eating some thing. And they're watching the Super Bowl. And they drop some pizza down for him. And, you know, he gets food various different ways. And then this woman enters this man's life. And, you know, she's a bit more... What would you say? Healthy. Big... She wants him to eat salad and stuff. So the and dog. Just... Well, I mean, they have to watch it. They should watch. Yeah, it. but it's a really fun. <laughs> works on these two different levels, and it's like sweet, and it's a little bit sad. Again, of course. <laughs> um, but I really liked it. Um, called Feast, and it's on here. It's really, really good. You should watch it. Uh, there's the origin story of Big Hero Six: Hero's Journey. Now, this is quite clearly kind of the thing that they make for the Disney Channel. Because Jamie Chung presents it, and it's in that kind of like condescending way, I I think. Very. I was like, you could subtract her from this, and it would be fine. I don't know if kids like that, or some focus groups told Disney that that's how you that's how you should present things to kids. But to me, as an adult, I feel like I'm being talked down to. It's kind of weird. Um, but aside from Jamie Chung presenting it, if you just subtract her, and she's not in it a lot, the actual information in there is pretty good like with the animators and but just what i wanted and it did show you some panels from the original comic book and it's a very different look obviously the the comic book i would have liked to see more about that like maybe stan lee sitting down and talking about the comic book where it came from the i had to go to wikipedia to find all that out what did you find out i found out that it you know wasn't a particularly popular comic um stan lee didn't write it you I don't think so. It was a Marvel... Marvel make so many comics. Let's be honest. Stanley only identifies with semi-misogynistic, middle-aging-ish men who have had a tragedy and they need to, and they need to you know, The Big Hero compensate. 6 comic was Marvel um, trying to appeal to a Japanese market also. It, was, it had a lot of Japanese anime influence, uh, manga. Well, that makes it sound kind of sleazy. Like, it, rubbing their hands together, okay, how are we going to get this market? Not like, how are we going to write a good comic, but how do we tap into It was one market? of those, like, you know, we, <laughs> we're we trying something different kind of thing. But it, it's not particularly, like, a massive selling thing. But there again, if you go and look at all the comics Marvel make, like, 70% of them are not the big selling things. It's just the, they're, it's just you, you hear about the 30% that, yeah. that is the big stuff. Um, there's also... Um, this is wrong, actually. It says on the back of here there's a, <laughs> there's a feature called Big Hero Secrets. Find the Easter egg about Easter... Oh, you have to find it. It's well, a hidden go. one. Yeah, we didn't find it. So we're it's not, not lying. We're not that clever. Um, there's <laughs> we also read the box. Big animator and the characters behind the characters. And this is like the animators all sit down in a circle and they talk a bit about influences like they've all got brothers kind of boring 
I enjoyed it immensely. I thought yeah. it was really, really oh, that good. That was really boring. I, I liked hearing... <laughs> I, I like seeing animators talk because... I, I like think, to see one talk, but when they get together, it's like they're just trying to be I, dynamic and And that's funny. the part I liked. I felt like I... Ugh. I felt like that's how they talk between themselves and I'm just listening into what they're talking about. Which you don't ever get privy to. Um, there are some deleted scenes... Uh, storyboard ones with intros by the directors and there's the trailer uh, teaser trailer actually which doesn't give Pretty a lot cute. Yeah. what I really appreciate though is the um, origin story thing um, Baymax walks towards the screen at the beginning and he has spoilers written on him so mm-hmm. normally they don't tell you that and then you could end up watching that and going oh shit they just told me the ending because they really do tell you everything in that feature yeah but you shouldn't be watching the extras if you haven't watched the movie some, well, imagine if Who you, would? imagine if you hadn't gone to see this and that was on Disney Channel and you're like, oh, I'm really interested in this film, and you start watching that and then you realize they're telling you everything. Was everything? Oh yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, they told you yeah. everything. So yeah, only watch that after you've watched the movie. So in conclusion, I love these things. I, I love them. I I think they Disney. I, there hasn't been a bad one, has there, for a long time? Mm, the CG. Have we seen them all? We're looking, yeah, we, we've had them all. So, Big Hero 6, then last one was Frozen. Then there was Wreck-It Ralph the year before. And then there was also Bolt and Tangled. They're Bolt all the Disney good. ones. All Tangled's good. really good. They're all good, all those, right? So, I don't think they've had... I think, you know, obviously I favour Wreck-It Ralph. It's about video games. But I really appreciate this one too because this is also kind of... For somebody who likes video games, it's straight out of a video game, the story. It's that kind of story. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate it. I thought it was really awesome. Uh, let's see how it does on Sunday with the Oscars, because it's up for Best Animated Feature. Right. Um, so, thanks to Disney. And if you want to enter a contest, you can. Go to aschooler.com. We've got some Blu-rays that you can win this week. Next week's Blu-ray review is also another Oscar-nominated uh, movie, and the Oscars will be done with, but we will have... Nightcrawler, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Nice. Uh, and that'll be next week. Movie recommendations for this week. I am going with Kick-Ass, which isn't appropriate for somebody who watches Big Hero 6, probably, because it's an adult um, superhero story. But I had a feeling of Kick-Ass while I was watching this movie a bit. Not me. I, don't, um, I didn't feel Rick at Ralph or that at all. <laughs> so I, I just kept getting. Same. I just kept thinking of Kickass and like a group of friends, who, you know, wanting to be superheroes, but they've not really got any powers. I mean, these people don't have powers. Power is science, right? Their power. Yeah. And the people in Kickass, they don't have any powers either. Their powers is nothing. Like, so I kept thinking of Kickass. So Kickass and Kickass Two, I recommend those. And Rick at Ralph is my second one because. I need to rewatch Wreck-It Ralph. It has so many, like, if you're a video gamer... I'm surprised you haven't watched it already. I've seen it a couple of times when it came out, but not since. But the the part at the beginning where he's in the world and then the camera zooms out and you actually realise you're looking into an arcade machine. It makes you go... "Uh Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) So, yeah, that's Wreck-It Ralph. And yours are? Mine are to do with uh, James Cromwell. And so they are... Mash, an episode called Last Laugh, in which he stars as one of the main... Every week is a, like a different person kind of passes through or whatever. He's in that, and one of my first exposures to him. And then he just sticks in my mind. And then another one is, as I mentioned, Star Trek Enterprise and Next Generation. He is the guy who was there, invented the technology, and um, was there for first contact. He's also in the movie, I believe. And then my last one is iRobot, because James Cromwell is also in that. And he's always been to me. I didn't. I never have remembered his name, and I probably will now. But I call them anonymous famous people, where as soon as you see them, they are to you like, oh, yeah, it's like a, a famous person. You don't even know their name. Or you couldn't name ten movies they're in. But as soon as you see them, you're really super familiar with them. So those are mine. I liked iRobot. It's okay. I liked it. I like the concept, so... Yeah, it's entertaining. <laughs> That's very dismissive. It's entertaining. It's got bad. It's got bad parts to. Uh, uh, sure. Sheila LaBeouf kind of. Oh, of me. course, but he doesn't ruin the whole thing. No, but there are some. It's. Doesn't that mean you don't like any Transformers movies then? Including the first three. I, no, I liked them. 
Right, well, but yeah. I like the robots better than the humans always in those movies. You didn't like the robots in iRobot? Yeah, I like them better than the humans. Didn't Right. You like them more than you dislike him, I would hope. He's not that big in there anyway, he's just running down the street. I know, it's just that. <laughs> it's just that. It's kind of, I don't know. I really liked iRobot. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> Um, so, games and A-Scully stuff, I wait to mention it's the Oscars tomorrow night. Um, I get less and less excited every year. I need something to revitalize. I need to start watching all the movies, if that means I need to go see them. Tonight we need to watch. I understand. But I've I mean, asked you several times this week. You yeah, but you can't just watch it on the fly when you have company or something else going on. But when they're in the theater and I think of it, I should always just go instead of always thinking, oh, well, we're going to watch it in six months. We could watch three theater. Oscar movies tonight. I'm not going to watch three movies tonight. I have to or work two. at six or in the one. morning. Or one. So, see, that's what I'm saying. You can't just do it. We can. We could literally watch one. I know, but I can't sit through nine hours of a movie. No, not nine. One. And then watch one Watch one tonight. And then watch but some then tomorrow. But they're still not all finishes. done after, before. That's what I'm saying. That's not even the issue. It's more like... I have had the... them this year and asked you. No, we not watch this year you haven't. Only in the last week. No, like for three weeks I've had different movies. We watched... Um, we actually yeah. watched Whiplash. But yeah. I've had... I've got four other ones. But I can't just drop two hours here and there to watch them. Plus, my point is, during the year, instead of waiting to the last minute... So you're not interested in the Oscars this year? I didn't say that. At all. That isn't... If that's what you heard, that's You said you're less interested every year. I get a little less interested every year, only because in the past, I used to watch every movie. Like, I would go to the theater and watch every movie. Like, if the theater had six movies... I don't think in the last ten years you've watched every movie. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. In the past, like before I got married to you, and I was on my own all the time, I would because that's what I did. Would and that makes you more day. interested. Well, interested as in I understand. I would understand and be able to compare and understand like when they put them all up there and in my mind be like, okay, this performance, that performance, this performance, I disagree with what they everybody has decided or I agree or at least have some reference. Whereas once you've seen the Academy Awards and then you watch them, it's just different and it's low, low, low priority. But I'm just saying, I have to find some way to get a little more. I think we should watch Foxcatcher tonight. Okay, that's not going to solve the problem, but I have no problem with that. <laughs> no, I mean, I just think we should because looks uh, we've seen um, Boyhood mm-hmm. and we've seen Whiplash and we've seen Big Hero Six. And we've Big we're going. Six not nominated for Academy for the Picture of the Year though. Is no, it? not animated. And we'll see Nightcrawler next week. I actually have um, Foxcatcher and the Stephen Hawking one, which I forget his name. Theory of Everything. And Birdman. I also have that one. So um, yeah, we'll see them all soon. So uh, yeah, so the Oscars tomorrow night anyway, and they're hosted by what's he called? Not Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, of course not. <laughs> Patrick Thomas something. Doogie Hauser. That's who he is. Doogie Patrick. Hauser. Patrick. Neil Patrick Harris. Correct. Yeah. Um, Doogie. I'm not a big fan of him. Doogie at all. Hauser. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I know of him is Doogie Hauser. I'm not, I wasn't a bit, like, the worst Oscars I've seen in years is Seth MacFarlane. I don't like that guy and yeah. I think he was a terrible Oscar host also. I just didn't enjoy it at all. Um, one of my favorites over the years has been uh, Ellen Chris Rock. Chris Rock was really good. I really enjoyed him doing it. He wouldn't do it again. He said he was on Howard the other day. He said he wouldn't do it again. It's too much pressure. He doesn't like it's doing a lot it. of pressure. Talk about doing a live show. Mm. There's a live show for you that if you do get off your cue or say something really wrong, like a I don't know how many people watch it. Almost a billion people on the on the planet. Mm. <laughs> that's more of a live stress to me than EastEnders, who has a few million, you know, looking yeah. at you. But, uh, yeah, um, Neil Patrick Harris, I'm not a big fan of him, never have been. He might prove me wrong, I don't know. But, uh, nah, I don't know about just from the Academy Awards. I mean, how can someone win you over other than Miss Does he do song question? and dance numbers or anything? Is don't he that know. kind of guy? Don't know. Cause that, I literally only know him from Doogie Howser. Right. Uh, I know him from Harold and Kumar, that movie. He was in I never that. saw that. That's, he was in that as as himself, and it mean nothing to me. Like the joke was, he was they they right. encounter him, right? And it meant nothing to me. And I was watching it, thinking, "What's the big deal? Like, he's he's just some guy." Like, but then afterwards, so he wasn't I, famous to you. 
No, not at all. Like, I, but I, they probably called him Doogie Hauser. <laughs> yeah, they did. I think one of them did. Yeah, yeah I, hate, I hate to keep saying the name, but it was a big deal back in like the 80s. I right. believe it was 80s, 90s. Doogie Hauser. So yeah, that's the Oscars tomorrow. Um, I've been playing a couple of games this week. One is Hand of Fate. And that is a new card game. And it's um, really boring if you're... You're probably bored. That is when a strong selling point. Right when there. I say the words card game, most people are bored of card... You know, oh, God, card games, boring. There's like a renaissance of card games in the video game um, space. Like, <laughs> There's a picture of Doogie Hauser. Means nothing to me. <laughs> um, there's like card games seem to be a big deal now. And they weren't for many years. And, you know... And I'm not talking like game of cards, like pontoon or poker or something. I'm talking about like a more complicated game than that, using cards, like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing. Dungeons Are and Dragons cards. Oh, that was dice. Dice and cards, Dungeons oh, and right. Dragons, um, and pieces. You know, but um, what this one is, Hand of Fate. It's on the PlayStation Four. It's also on the PC. What it is is, if you remember, like years and years and years ago, before interactive things came about. There were books called Choose Your Own Adventure Books. And what they were, were they were novels, and you read a page, and at the end of the page it would say, you come to a tree, do you want to turn left or turn right? And you th- you make your decision, and to choose a decision, you turn to a different page in the book. Like So page 84 if you turn left, page 94 if you turn right. And when you did, the story continued in a different way. So if you made, So you're making choices, and the story continued, and you were... It's like a telltale game, but in a book. Right, yeah. Uh, those were a big thing back in the 80s. And I loved them. I couldn't get enough of them. I had all kinds. I had a Star Wars one, where it was like a Star Wars side story, where you could choose your own adventure. Um, and that's what this is, but it's like a card game. So there's a man that you're sat across a table, and there's a guy, and he deals the cards on the table. And each card is like, you're going through a story so like the first thing will be like you know you stop at a tree um now we're going to roll a dice and maybe there'll be something behind the tree maybe they won't and he'll do something and then there's an element of chance and maybe you'll have to fight something maybe you won't and the story continues this isn't riveting as far as thinking of a game to me but i've never ever 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 experienced it so i think it's very specific it's like hearthstone which is an amazing, amazing card game. But there's a different element to it. And the other element is, while it's a card game, it's also an action game. So you can... There's a... You've seen it. Like a fighting part. Yeah, but I mean, the cards determine the fight, and then that's it. No, the cards don't determine the fight at all. Your skill with the joypad determines the fight. Right. So the cards... All the cards do is he'll turn a card over and it'll say, you you encountered a monster. He was behind the tree. And you and you and you'll go. Oh damn! You have to fight a monster, and then he he will randomly pull another card out of the pack, and that'll be like what monster you fight. Could be an easy one, could be an hard one. There's an element of chance. Right. And then it switches to a actual brawling game where you're a man with a shield and a sword, and it's an action game. You can swipe your sword, you can block with your shield, you can do a counter move, and you've got to kill the the enemies. And if you do, you move on and get the next card, and you if you're going you along a track. Until you get to the very end of the card, when you've de- when he's dealt all the cards, and there'll be a final boss at the end. You kill the final boss, and then he opens his cabinet up, and th- there's a bunch of other bosses you can choose from. So you got to do twelve different stories. I'm about on the sixth one. It gets really, really hard, and it's a lot of chance involved. Like you know, like rolling a good dice. Like sometimes you just get really bad luck, and you just screw up. But it's called Hand of Fate. And Hand of Fate is exactly what it is. It's all about the... And there's an overarching story in it, too. The guy who's actually dealing you the cards. Slowly, throughout the you playing all the game, he keeps saying about how he created this game, but it's all to do with your memories. There's some big story involved, so when you get to the end of it, I think there's some big twist as to why you're actually playing this game of cards. So I need to get to the end to find out what that is. Um... And the other game, uh, and this is like a complete fluke, I signed up for the Heroes of the Storm beta about a year ago. 
And that's Blizzard's new game. The people who made StarCraft, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone. And they're making a new, they've made a new game called Heroes of the Storm. It's going to be free to play, like Hearthstone is. And it comes out next year, apparently, or the end of this year. But I've got in the closed beta, and as with all Blizzard's games, it is super polished. It's a, be- <coughs> it's a beta, but it's like a final game. I've been playing it today, this morning. It's got everything in it. Like, it's feature complete. It's not like, oh, this part doesn't work when you click it. Like, oh, this is being added later. Everything's there. And what it is, it's a MOBA game, which is like um, Dota. Which is, you choose a hero. And the hero, why this is awesome, Heroes of the Storm, is all the heroes, and you can choose a hero at the beginning to play, come from all of Blizzard's games. So you can be the hero of StarCraft, the hero of Diablo. You can be Diablo himself. You can be uh, one of the gnomes from Hearthstone. In fact, Hearthstone's incorporated into there as in when you teleport back to back to your base, you choose a Hearthstone card to do it. So it, it's like everything that Blizzard have ever done is mixed in there. World of Warcraft's in there. Everything's in there. The art style... You know, when you first play the tutorial, you play as the main guy, James Rayner from StarCraft 2. So immediately it's like, oh, this is awesome. It's like Marvel, like the Avengers, like everybody's here. Like It doesn't make any sense that Diablo's in StarCraft, but whatever. It's like a fighting game, you know. And what the actual game is, is it's a, it's a MOBA. So it's a, it's a symmetrical map, and there are s- several of them. I've only played on a couple of them so far. There's a base at one side, and there's a base at the other side. It's from above, like StarCraft. And you've got direct control over one character, which is your hero. So you've got Diablo, for instance. What you have to do as Diablo, and you're on a team of five people, and there's a team of five people on the other side, is you have to destroy each other's base. There's a base here, there's a base there on one side. You've got to get to the other side and destroy the base. Now that might sound, oh, it's just easy. You just go and get the base. No, along the way, there's, you know... Like turrets and castle walls, and you've got to like actually break it down. And they, you know, it's basically it turns into this: the the stronger team gets the upper hand, and then maybe you fight back. And it's like this uh, tug of war, like going into the middle. And then eventually you get through, and maybe you destroy their base. And then that's what all you do. It's really simple. But the tactics involved, because all the heroes have got different skills, and there are about 50 heroes. And I've noticed the only thing bad about this game is you get eight heroes to play with, and all the rest of them you have to pay for. And when you go in the menu, it's like, oh, do you, do you like Diablo? Yes, well, he's $10. They're, they all cost money. You, you like this game? I love this game, but I'm saying that's a bad... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't pay for the game, so... I see it as they let you try all the heroes as much as you want. You can try them, but you can't level them up. Right. So right. you can play with all of them and then go, well, out of all the ones I played with, I love Diablo. And then you can pay $10 and you get Diablo and then you can do what you want with him, right? He's always yeah. your character. So I don't think that's a bad way of doing it because they've made this full-featured, amazing-looking, brilliantly voice-acted game. It's going to be free. They've got to get some money somehow, right? Why and, not just uh, charge you twenty dollars and be done with it? They could, but I think that is a better way with a game like this because, and I could tell immediately. I don't want to play all the heroes. There'll be a hero that fits me, and I'll always play with that one and try and level it up. And for me, so far, it's been. Um, but wouldn't that be worth twenty dollars to you? Well, ten dollars is even better because that seems to be what they're charging for each hero. Now, the other thing, like Hearthstone. Like in Hearthstone, you can pay to buy packs of cards. In here, you can pay to buy heroes, but you can also not pay to buy heroes and earn gold in the game and use the gold in the game to buy the heroes. So you can actually play this game and not spend any money at all, but you have to do a lot of grinding to get the gold. Oh, yeah. So it's the same as Hearthstone in that respect. So you can either pay $10, get a nice hero, and then have really a lot of fun with it, you can pay no dollars and just keep playing with them to earn some money and then buy a hero. I think that's fine. It's better than charging $60 for it. Everybody gets to play yeah. it. There's a bigger audience. Um, so it's Heroes of the Storm. You are probably not going to be able to play it because this beta is really hard to get into. I was totally surprised when I got an email yesterday 
Um, but it is coming later this year or early next year. And from what I can gather now, it's almost finished anyway, so it might come earlier than you think. So, Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight will be probably mashed potatoes, some other vegetable, then possibly the Seoul Cuisine Burger. Oh, those are good. Those are really good. Recommend those. I think that'll be it. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Maybe some white sauce for the mashed potato, but my mom made... You know that we don't eat meat, and uh, people who listen to this might know we don't eat meat, and so my mom today is in town, but when she comes here, she just eats whatever I cook, which is all vegetables. She did make us some pies over the weekend, and she did not use lard, because she knows we don't eat anything like that, which is very nice, but then she goes to my sister's, and my sister's request, when I wanted to learn how to bake pie, my sister wanted my mom to cook her a roast turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy and homemade noodles and the whole bit, so that's what she made, and that made me think, oh, mashed potato, minus the dead bird. So, mashed potato might just be the big lump on the plate with some nice earth balance, and then vegetables, and the burger. Sounds good. I think so. And then what did I have for... Oh, we have strawberries and blueberries, which I need to do something with them. I don't know what yet. The strawberries and ice cream was good. Yeah, we'd have tofuti, which is not ice cream. I still think tofuti is better than ice cream. I disagree with you completely, but it is good as for what it is. I, you, I mean, I like it. You still get ice cream occasionally, and then I, when I'm eating it, I'm like, I wish this was tofuti. It's creamier. That's it is good. creamy. I'll yeah. give it that. But there's ice cream that's also as creamy. Mm. So, but I'm equally satisfied. But I disagree that it's better. Totally I think disagree. it's better. And my advice is just don't be a jerk. Fuck, I'm so sick of jerks. And I don't even care if people think I'm a jerk sometimes. If you don't tell me I'm being a jerk, then there's no way I'm ever going to know. Because I'm not sitting there going, right now, I'm going to be a jerk. And I think some people actually think that. When they open their mouth, when they do jerky shit... They know, and they're rubbing their little hands and their mind together like, <laughs> I'm going to be a jerk right now. I'm just so sick of it. Sick of snotty, jerky people who are intentionally either sneaky jerky, like, oh, no, not me. No, not me. I'm perfect and wonderful. Oh, but I'm going to say this really snotty thing that I know is really snotty. But, you know, don't don't blame me because I'm, I'm not being snotty. No, no, no. I'm nice. <laughs> I hate passive aggressive bullshit. So. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. So, I don't have anything specific to go with it. Just if you if you if you think I'm talking about you, I probably am. So I'll remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidtor.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Stitcher.com, search for after the show. You can catch it on the Zoom Marketplace. Or just go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe or listen to it straight from the page. You can email feedback to me at ascoli.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And stay classy, Mr. Baymax. Very classy. You know what I really liked about Baymax? That part where they were all cold when they'd been in the river and he heated himself up and they all hugged onto him. Yeah. That was pretty cool. (laughs) I want one of those. There are a lot of those. (laughs) And I'm going to say think for yourselves because if you don't do it, somebody is definitely doing it for you. 